glory. How great is our God. Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 13. Nehemiah chapter 13, please. We have spent a year looking at Nehemiah, and we have been trying to discover how we can build our lives with the bricks that we have gathered from his pile. We now end Nehemiah rather abruptly because the last seven words of the book of Nehemiah give to us a postscript. It's almost like Nehemiah is trying to end and he doesn't know what else to say. And so the last seven words of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 13, simply say, Remember me, O my God, for good. How do you want to be remembered? When your life is written, when you come to the end of your life, what do you want your story to say? How do you want people to view their impact? your impact upon their lives. Nehemiah has has started at the beginning where he has told us about how brothers came from Jerusalem, how he got involved, how they built the wall, how they had to work with those who wanted to stop the building of the wall, how he had to cleanse the people, how he had to get the the ministry going so so that God's work could be established there in Jerusalem. And, And now he says, remember me, oh my God, for good. Now, there are some commentators that will tell us that this is just a a separate single prayer that Nehemiah kind of puts on the end of his life. But I really believe that what Nehemiah is doing is he is thinking back through his life. Because there are seven times in the book of Nehemiah where Nehemiah wants us to remember something wants us to understand something with our minds so that we can comprehend the great God whom we serve. This morning we are going to look at those seven references. And we are going to see how they are all tied to our lives. And then we are going to remember together the given body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first reference is found in Nehemiah chapter 1. Turn there, please, Nehemiah chapter 1. Let me begin with verse 8. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 8. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. Now that is exactly what has happened. The people are living in exile. Babylon has come in and taken the people away from Jerusalem. The people were unfaithful. Nehemiah is reminding them of that as he prays to God. Verse 9, but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, From there I will gather them and bring them to a place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people 
whom you have redeemed by your great power, by your strong hand. Nehemiah is helping the people remember the promises. The promises that were given to the servant Moses. And as Moses was leading the people out of captivity in Egypt to the promised land, God said, I'm going to take care of you. He said, I'm going to place you in a land that is full of milk and honey. I'm going to place you in a land where you're going to find vineyards that you didn't plant. I'm going to place you in a land where you find wells that you didn't dig. Don't forget me. Because if you forget me, there's consequences. But remember my promise to you. What promises have God given to you? What promises do you remember that God has filled in your life as we recognize our lives it's good to think back on the promises of God and to understand that those promises were given to us so that we might grow closer to God and so that we might be his kind of people talking with Andrew Wickerman this morning God has given to him a ministry called Battleground Skate Park And in many ways, Battleground Strake Park has been a struggle. In some ways, it still is. But God has fulfilled his promises to Andrew. There have been young men and perhaps some women who have trusted Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Can I get an amen? And even though it is difficult, Andrew continues to do what God has called them to do based on the promise. I told Andrew this morning, I said, God is seldom early, but he's never late. The promises of an almighty God. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 4, will you please? Nehemiah chapter 4. Not only do we discover promises for a servant, But we also discover a powerful sovereign. Nehemiah chapter 4. Look with me please at verse 14. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Now stop right there, will you please? Remember they are in the midst of building the wall. They're in the midst of doing what God has called them to do. And all of a sudden there's opposition. There are difficulties. There are people that want to stop the work of God. Has that ever happened to you? You're doing what you think is right, and all of a sudden there's a barrier that comes up. You wonder, how am I going to get through this? Technology doesn't work. How am I going to get through this? People don't show up. How am I going to get through this? It snows. How am I going to get through this? Over in Rochester, Michigan, we had a sportsman's banquet every year. And there were three, 400 folks who would come to the sportsman's banquet. And one day, I got up for the sportsman banquet, and there was an ice storm. There was a half an inch of ice on everything, including the roads. So I very carefully drove to church. And as I got there, I looked around, and the parking lot was full of four-wheel drive vehicles, of sportsmen. I mean, what did I expect, right? 
I want you to know that we have a powerful sovereign. We have a God who is God. Now let's look at the rest of the verse, please. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your home. Remember the Lord who is great. Amen? At the end of my life, I want to remember a great God who has taken me through my struggles, who has met all of my needs, who has been with me every step of the way, who has never left me nor forsaken me so that I could boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What do I fear man shall do unto me? You know, sometimes it's obvious that God's with us and we forget about it. That happened to the children of Israel a lot, right? They were delivered from Pharaoh. God is good. They came to the Red Sea. Lord, what are we going to do? God took them across the Red Sea and all of a sudden God is good. And then they didn't have any water in the land. Lord, what are we going to do? God provided for them water in the land and they said God is good. And then they said, Lord, what are we going to eat? God provided them manna, and they said, the Lord is good, and then they needed more water. Lord, you've forsaken us. What are we going to do? God led them to Mount Sinai where God spoke to them, and Moses was gone a while, and they built a a golden calf. We, We do that, don't we? Let us remember that there is a powerful sovereign who is in control of all things, who will meet our needs. Amen? Wherever we are in life. Let's look at that powerful sovereign. Chapter 5, please. Nehemiah chapter 5. Let me begin with verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, the king, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governor. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them their daily ration, 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. I also preserved in the work on the wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations and were around us. Now what was prepared at my now what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox, six choice sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance. Yet for all this I did not demand the food allowance of the governor, because the service was too heavy on the people. Remember, for my good, O oh my God, all that I have done for my people. Nehemiah says, Lord. Remember, when I put aside myself. Now, I could have taken advantage of this. I deserved it, in fact. I was their governor. I was the one that they chose to put in a position of authority. And I could have had a, but I didn't do it at my expense. I was there to serve people. I belong to a service organization here in town called the Rotary Club. I've been a Rotarian for almost 20 years, for more than 20 years, now that I think about it. Rotary has two mottos. One motto is service above self. And the whole idea is that Rotarians are willing to put themselves out there 
whether they get any credit or not. And Nehemiah put himself out there and put himself aside, even at his own expense, not wanting any glory or any credit, and said, this is for the work of our God. I am so thankful for the people here at Calvary Baptist Church, and I could start naming names, but I won't. Of folks who put themselves aside for the work of God. Amen? And I remember folks over my 41 years of ministry that have put themselves aside for the work of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a great thing? At the end of their lives, I will remember what they have done for the cause of Christ. And I am thankful for that. We have looked at three postscripts so far. Blocks that need to be in our lives. There's the promises to a servant. There's that powerful sovereign that's putting oneself aside. Now we turn to chapter 13 where there are four more reminders. Nehemiah chapter 13. Verse 14, please. Nehemiah 13, verse 14. I got one of them mixed up, didn't I? I did. There we go. I have them all marked, but I can't read my markings. Verse 14. Remember, O oh my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for his service. Nehemiah wanted the people to remember his service. And he pursued that all of his life. May I remind you what Nehemiah was when they contacted him? He was the king's cupbearer. He served in the royal palace. He was the one that the king looked to for counsel. And he left all of that and said, I no longer am going to serve the king. I am going to serve my God. He wanted to take care of others. I like the little acrostic that we learned as children's J-O-Y. Jesus, others, and you. That put me in my place. That reminded me where I was in the pecking order. I told you that Rotary has two themes. Service above self is one. The other one is he profits most who serves the best. And Nehemiah was the one who profited because he served others. We live in a selfish culture. Appreciation is almost a lost art. We live in a world in where it's all about me, and that's all that matters. And yet, Nehemiah wanted not only to be remembered for his ministry, he wanted to be remembered for his 
service. Jump down with me, will you please? To verse 22. Then I commanded the Levites that they should purify themselves and come guard the gates to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember this also in my favor, O my God, and spare me according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Nehemiah wanted to be remembered because of the steadfast love of God. Aren't you thankful that we have a God who unconditionally loves us? Nehemiah had been through a lot. There had been a lot of challenges and struggles in his life. And yet nothing had ever separated from him from the love of God that was found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? I'm thankful that Romans chapter 8 tells me that neither height nor depth nor angels nor principalities, the things present, the things to come, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But it was purity that reflected that steadfast love. I read to you verse 22. And in that verse it says that the Levites should purify themselves and come and guard the gates. I am thankful for God's forgiveness in my life. How about you? I am thankful that our God is the God of the second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And I'm thankful that I can always go to him, confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us my sins, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But the reality is, If we are not pursuing purity in our lives, we need to examine ourselves because we may not be his children. First John says, he who walks in darkness does not know the light. And so, purity is that which reflects the steadfast love of our Lord. When our kids were growing up and we would go visit someone, before we left the car, and they could remind you of this to this day, we would turn around to the back seat, look our kids in the eye and say, best behavior. Now, the reason we did that is because we wanted the people to think well of our kids. Right? That's true. You think better of well-behaved kids than you do of kids that aren't quite so well-behaved. We also knew that we were, in most cases, there as the pastor and wife and family. And we wanted to look good. But most of all, we wanted our Lord to look good. 
because we knew that good behavior was a reflection on him. You understand that, don't you? Our lives are a reflection on him. Let your light so shine, right? See your good works and do what? Glorify your Father. Our lives are a reflection on him. Best behavior. And as we live pure lives to him, we reflect his steadfast love in our lives. Remember, oh my God. Two more quickly this morning. Verse 29, Nehemiah 13, 29. Remember them, O my God, because they have desecrated the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. This morning in our CBC 101 class, we started to talk about Baptist distinctives. And one of the things that we talked about in our Baptist distinctives was the priesthood of the believer. Now, I asked the question to the class, what did Old Testament priests do? And the answer is, they represented the people to God. They offered the sacrifices. They were there as representatives of the people before a holy God. Aren't you thankful that we don't need a priest to represent us before God? Amen? We can go to God ourselves. And one of our distinctives is that each one of us is believer priests and we are able to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Amen? You know the priesthood is sacred. Not everybody could be a priest in the Old Testament. And to you and to me, we ought to identify our relationship with a holy God as a sacred relationship. We're children of the King of Kings, amen? We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, right? And our relationship with God is a holy, sacred trust that God has given us. Remember those priests. Here it says, because they desecrated the priesthood and the covenant. Oh, remember me as a faithful priest before my God. That brings us to the last seven words of Nehemiah. Remember me, oh my God, for good. You see, it's all about a potentate that's sovereign. It's all about his satisfaction in our lives. Right? And as Nehemiah looks back on his life and says, all right, what am I going to be remembered for? He recognizes not only is it these areas, but it is, was God pleased? Did it make a difference? Was he satisfied with my life? So ends Nehemiah. Remember me, 
Oh my God. 